This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. Go to patreon.com slash blueshirtsbreakaway right now and support us, this stupid podcast, and our lovely dedication to this wonderful team that always makes us so happy. Today's episode is just me and Greg, and we talk a lot about Phil Peel, talk a lot about Igor Shesterkin, probably for two obvious reasons on both those players, and a lot about Gerard Gallant, and for the first time, um, some questioning of some decisions he's made throughout the season. I think Greg and I have been genuinely positive on Gallant. Uh, today, that changes. So without further ado, let's talk to Mark Messier about this podcast. Here we go. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Fans. Welcome to the week of the Butcher's Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of Patreon.com, where you can support this podcast today. Thank you so much for if you already do. If you don't, please, we're begging you. And I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg Kaplan, say hello. Are there fewer things in life that are bigger first world problems for any human being than saying, ugh, let me tell you, life's hard. I've spent too many hours in a car this week. Uh, well, I don't think anything else is going on in the world right now, so I think that's top priority. Can't think of one. Nope, can't think of one thing. That's it. I mean, I listen, I had to sit in my living room today for like at least 12 hours. Huge work day. Really rough. Really rough. Now I have to talk to you about the Rangers, so life's a struggle. If I do the math, in the last two days, I mm-hmm. think I've been in the car for about 11 hours. That is a rough one. I'll be, I won't be, yeah, clo- I won't I, be close I, to that one. What was me, everybody? Give me your sympathy. Nobody else. I, you did, and I, I think this is what you're um, really neglecting to say. You're you're really stopping yourself from saying the bad part, which is part of that driving was to watch the Rangers play the Canucks live. Mm. Yep, sure was. Not the worst part, though. Have you been to Binghamton? Got to tell you, that's the worst part. <laughs> Binghamton is up to shout out to Binghamton and anybody listeners from Binghamton. You know what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, so the Canucks. Let, let's just start with the Canucks game. Because uh, yeah. we're going to break down the Penguins game, too. No guests today, Greg and I, exclusively for an entire hour. So you'll get all the Ranger talk you want. Uh, yeah, it goes back to the Greg's been in a car for a very long time. Can't really text and drive. Don't have the ability. We tried to get guests. It's fine. It's Sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work. It, 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 listen, we, we do our jobs. Did we, did we hustle as hard as possible? Please support the Patreon. Anyway, so, uh, so <laughs> we got that out of the way. You actually were there live. The first period uh, was a tremendous, not a letdown. I thought the the Rangers played well. It was Chris Kreider was getting stonewalled by Demko in a, in a way that, um, in in Igorian fashion, we'll call it. And in this case, the Rangers, I thought they played well, and then all of a sudden, uh, they couldn't score, and they got scored on, and that changed the whole momentum of the game. And it looked like they gave up. It seemed like that was the vibe in the building as well up until the last five minutes. Am I correct in that assessment? Yeah, I I honestly think, well, I don't honestly think. I'm honestly surprised as many people hung around for the third period um, that did. I, I, I was expecting the herd to thin a little bit down 4 nothing. Demko stopping anything and everything that looks like could possibly go into the net. And it seems like the Rangers, more times than not, I'd, I'd, I'd say, and you could disagree with me, I'd say 70% of the Ranger games this year, there's one period where the team just looks wrong, off, not playing well. And it usually, it, it feels varies. like more times than not, it happens in the first period. But there's, it seems like the large majority of games this year, the Rangers have had one period of just poop. And well, for whatever reason that is, I don't know. This one seemed really easy to diagnose. The Rangers could have scored four goals in the first period alone. Demko was doing things that just make you shake your head. And I tweeted from my seat last night. Our seats were uh, literally right above the goal the Rangers shot on twice. So the first period, it felt personal. Because it was happening <laughs> just in front of me. Drove four hours for this? Yes. Yeah. Uh, three. Three. Okay. With a I'm trying to make you look brave here, Greg. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I am. But come on. World is Greg. But I can't, I can't, I can't say the Rangers played poorly in the first period. That would be an inaccurate description. What I could say is 
they definitely had the air taking out of their wings after that Tyler Myers goal. You could almost just tell that the team is like, I'm fucking tired. All right. We had to deal with a fucking playoff game yesterday. Not happy about that. And now I'm dealing with this shit. And tall boy Quint Grimes' brother is scoring on us for his first goal of the year. Fuck that. I need a break. <laughs> By the way, the first goal of the year Ranger uh, special is just truly unbelievable. Never stops kicking. I, 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 few things in my entire life have shocked me more than just scrolling Twitter aimlessly. And for whatever reason, a Vancouver Canuck trending tweet shows up on my timeline. And it's just uh, Canucks defenseman Tyler Myers out to dinner with his mom and brother, Quentin Grimes of the New York Knicks. And I was like, what the fuck? What, <laughs> brother, brother what? Like brother friendly brother? Did they go to college together? And I was I, a few times in my life have I been just stunned cold in my tracks. The most shocking part is Tyler Myers is the taller of the two. There you go. I mean, listen, uh, I, I I was more shocked on the first goal of the season on February 27th uh, situation. I don't know how the Rangers continue to do it. They continue to let up these wonderful situations for these these players who have, could not score the rest of the NHL season. And yet here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree yeah, with you. I, that, that first period, it's one of those things where, like, I don't want to blame Georgiev, even though the two goal, the first goal – I think we don't, like, the, the second goal, bad. First goal, equally bad. It was a clear open lane. I saw it clear as day. No screens in front of him. The New York Rangers were daring. Um, shit, I forgot who necessarily scored it. But they were just daring him to shoot because they're like, yeah, George is going to stop this. It's fine. And he just whiffs on the glove and just couldn't catch it. And it goes in the back of the net. Both goals, super soft. But I almost didn't want to blame him because, again, even with those soft goals, the Rangers realistically could have been up 4-2 after one. It, it is not It wasn't fast. a Georgiev blame game. That that's I didn't feel like this whole game was, oh, man, Georgiev sucks. Like, yeah, I, I kind of do think that sometimes. But I also know that Georgiev, and I'm trying to be fair to him because I think his time is short, especially in the New York Rangers. I do think he'll, he'll end up getting traded for what? I don't know. A a bag of pucks at this point. I have no no clue. We could talk about that later. The, the third the third round pick they're going to then trade for Phil Kessel? Yeah, something like that. Uh, but I didn't think it was his fault. He definitely plays a lot better when he gets more consistent playing time. He plays on a team with Igor Shesterkin. That's not happening. We'll get to Igor, I promise. We have a lot to talk about with him. But yeah, I, this is one of those games where I wasn't going to blame Georgiev. I thought Lafreniere looked like a house on fire in the first period. I actually thought the last four or five games for Lafreniere has been by far his best as an NHL player. He looks rebuilt. He looks like his confidence is newly found. He's starting to make the passes that we all knew he could make at a high level. And he's also setting up like he, I think he should have like a seven or eight more points in the past, like two weeks where, and it's not like Kreider or Mika or anybody is that to, it's a blame here. A lot of the times the Rangers have run into amazing goaltending uh, or have just somehow just missed the net. And that, that happens. But those plays are still there for Lafreniere. He's creating offense at such a high level. And I think I saw from Hockey Statminer, who I, I will reference twice at least on this podcast today, that over the last calendar year, only 16 more players in the NHL have more even strength goals than Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, that's a quite the stat for a man that doesn't really play power, power play time. It does it does say, oh, wow, uh, this player I mean, is it's quite, quite the, You don't have to put the power play time in there. You, the stat It builds means, it in there, yes. You, yeah, it's built in. But – I appreciate everything you're saying about Lafreniere, and I agree. I, it, it's crazy. A, a highly skilled player playing with other highly skilled players and given more time to do it is excelling. It, crazy idea. I can't believe that's actually so happening. But I want to I, – not to harp on Georgiev, but I do want to go back to oh, him let's because there. That's fine. I do want to disagree with you a little bit. Okay. Where it's not Georgiev's fault that the Rangers lost. The Rangers lost because Thatcher Demko – said the Rangers were going to lose. That's why the Rangers lost. In case it, it, You don't have to go any further than that. It was one time in my life where I was like, oh, good, Halak's not playing. The Rangers will probably win this game. And then Demko was like, actually, I'm just letting him borrow my jersey. This is Yaroslav Halak. That's who you're playing tonight. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm just an idiot. Fantastic. Um, so did Georgiev cost the Rangers the game? No. However, was last night – symptomatic of everything we've diagnosed from Georgiev in the past. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a player who clearly 
He says it himself, and the numbers back it up. The more he plays, the better he plays. And he's playing for a team where that opportunity not only isn't going to happen, the only opportunity where it would be happening, it's been a catastrophic turn of events anyway for the New York Rangers. So once again, I find myself wondering why a team who, if there's anything that they do uh, develop properly, goaltending, the one thing they do great that you cannot argue is develop and improve goaltenders that come through that door. Why that organization who has this just insane ability to create something out of nothing between the pipes is putting value into who plays behind a franchise goaltender that is having a franchise-altering season. Why do you value who plays the 20 games your star goalie is not playing? Why is that a point of any consternation for your team? Because I don't know how many times you and I have talked about it on the podcast, and I don't think any human being who watches this New York Rangers team would disagree with us when I say, if Igor isn't playing in the playoffs or at any point in time, forget about it. It's over. Done. It is it's over. over. Who gives a shit who's in goal because the Rangers will just go as far as Igor takes them this year as currently constructed. The, the, the team is super flawed. It is not a perfect team. It's currently playing with fewer forwards than it reasonably could, but they're in a playoff position and potentially a threat in the playoffs because the man in goal. And if that man's not there, who gives a shit? And now you're going up against the cap next year. Your backup goalie is going to be out of contract, though, under team control. You're not going to be able to afford to pay him. You're going to have to let him walk for possibly nothing. But this is a problem the New York Rangers have had for years. It goes back to Hank. You had a choice. For whatever reason, the Rangers have valued this having the option if Igor isn't there. Don't fucking matter what the option is if Igor isn't there anymore. So why are we doing the song and dance? You're you're hurting the player, right? You're you're upsetting the player at a certain point, whether you like your give or not. He's he needs to play, and there are opportunities in the NHL where he could play for teams that could potentially talk themselves into a guy being a part of their future. I Maybe, think Georgiev will be a, a solid starter for another team. Solid. I'm not. I don't talking. know about solid. I think he'll be an option, right? He'll be. Will he be significantly worse than, say, Peter Morazic? I'll say he'll be slightly above average. And there will be nights no, where he's... I, I, think, I think he'd be just fucking Andy Dalton. Just average as shit. You're talking old school Andy Dalton, like 2013 Andy Dalton. Yeah, like Bengals Andy Dalton. Right. Like, what I, in today's NFL, Kirk Cousins. Where if you have Kirk Cousins, you don't feel like you should be addressing quarterback. And yet you're not sold that you have the quarterback, right? Like the Giants. Painfully average. <laughs> no, the, the Giants understand they need to address quarterback. That's very nice of what you're trying to do. Like the Bills, per se. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Josh, um, I'm very good. Yeah, he sucks. Anyway, I just it, – it, it, it's shocking to the mind where the New York Rangers have value in this backup goalie who can't play sporadically but has to play sporadically. It, it, it's weird. There's no other way to describe it. It's it's It has been, and it's not just Drury. I would love to just, as, apparently I just love shitting on Drury. Can't shit on Drury on this one because it, it was Gorton before him who made the exact same evaluation. By the way, why don't we talk more about, I, I we, our friend Travis Yost wrote a piece today. Why haven't we talked more about Montreal as a destination for Alexander Georgiev? What is the, the reasoning behind that? Because Carey Price is questionable to return at this point in time and maybe Georgiev who is a, a, a Gorton favorite could be had for cheap and maybe be their solid backup slash split time with Price when he returns yeah because I mean Price is currently out for non-injury related reasons which is great I hope he's doing as well as humanly possible at this point in time yep. but we've seen enough of Carey Price the last couple of years where injuries have been a question for him so it's not like Georgiev would be going to a situation where he would be only playing as little as he plays now. I think even if the Canadians are back to a point where they want to be in playoff contention, you got to keep Price fresh for the playoffs. And you look at how Marc-Andre Fleury was ideally used 
in Vegas, and that's almost a 50-50 distribution to make it possible? I think the reasoning is money, straight up. But maybe because Montreal is just dumping everything they have for these next couple years. But I don't know. What's the goal? What's Gorton's goal up in Montreal? Is it to get them as competitive as possible as quick, or is it to get Shane Wright or hit one of these 2023 drafts with one of these two kids at the top that are well, I don't. Th- I don't special? think they can afford to tank next year. They, they, they're just too pot committed on those. The, the ink ain't dry enough on Brendan Gallagher and Josh Anderson, right? So you kind of made this bed. And plus, I mean, you have Cole Caulfield, you have Nick Suzuki, you have some pieces that are interesting. It's not like the Canadians shouldn't have been as bad as they were to start the year. They weren't as very good as risky. they were in the playoffs, that's for sure. Well, that, well, I mean, they played in a junior league last year. It's not, the, not, not their fault. That's true. In Canada hockey. You know. Yeah, it's the fucking, as Fitz would say, the QMJHL. Dude, they the 10-7 the game was, I, I know you tweeted this, but I had no idea until you tweeted that you didn't know, which there was an there was an outdoor game over the weekend. I had no fucking idea. I had no and that Also, the Leaf, by the way, Leafs-Red Wings was not the outdoor game. I know. So not only, not only was there an outdoor <laughs> game, it immediately got upstaged. Yeah, I, I was like, I looked the next day. It was for highlights, just sitting around, sitting over coffee. And I was like, there was an outdoor – I I cover the NHL. Why, how did – there's an outdoor game? Like, who, how did I not know this? I ended up watching a little bit of the Red, Red Wings uh, Leafs game because that game was absolutely bonkers. Nut job. I don't understand. And then we follow some great people for the Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings Wing Wheel podcast, of course. Uh, but, my God. I mean, the advertising the NHL just does not do itself any favors any day of the week. No. Um Perfect back to example. back to Georgiev, just real quick, because I'm going to circle back oh, here. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Thirty-one. You want me to say something? You want to say something? I got You're it. saying something. I got it. Thirty-one okay. games okay. in yep. sixty. I think it's sixty through two days, sixty-three days, something like that. Uh, of the next thirty-one games, how many games does Georgiev start if he stayed at being a Ranger? Right, let's just do the other way around. How many games is Igor starting in the next thirty-one? Well, I, I think the better question here is how many though. Uh, it's difficult. Um, how many of those are back to back? They're, they're packed. How many of those the are back to back? How early do you think the Rangers clinch a playoff spot? Soon. <laughs> Can I say it's clinched now? No, because I mean, it isn't right. But like, like mathematically, no, no, it's not. I'd of, uh, but it's like ninety nine percent. This is gonna feel like a high number, but I'm gonna justify it because I think there are at least four back to backs. And I think the Rangers clinch with at least like almost three weeks left in the season. Again, the the Rangers will play for positioning and all that jazz, right? That'll always be important, blah, blah, blah. I'll say the the high end, I can't see the number being more than 10. Hmm. Sorry, that 10 games that Igor isn't playing. Right. I think that's fair. It's, well, with Igor, right, this is where we get into this kind of conversation where he can take over a game. You and I had this conversation on BSBOT last week we were, uh, on the Patreon where we were discussing who would you rather have right now, Matthews or Igor. And that uh, that did explode on Twitter the way I expected it to. And uh, the guys Yeah, over- didn't cite your source, so you got an F for that one. That was you. It was our conversation. You brought it up. Um, and I know the guys at the De- Steve Dangle podcast uh, brought it up as well. And, of course, they're going to choose Matthews, right? And usually you build center out, et cetera. And I still That's think – That's the crazy thing. If, they're, if, I, if I'm them, I don't know how I'm choosing Matthews with the way that the rest of that team is built. Well, this was even before that the Leafs let up seven goals to the Red Wings. But I, I don't know how I'm choosing Matthews either in that situation. I think I do slightly. Like if you were having me choose one right now, gun to my head, I would, I would slightly choose Matthews. But it's but I've started to convince myself more and more that it's Igor, and I, it felt wrong at first. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm I'm all in on the Igor situation. It's kind of like when we talk about the NBA and you talk about star players like LeBron James and whatever whoever else you want to name in this situation. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Those players are on the floor for 43 minutes of a 48 minute basketball game, and they could take control of the entire game. When they leave the floor, bad things can happen to their team, and they have to have these bench fetch moments that play hard minutes against good good players. Matthews only plays 23, 24 minutes a game, while Igor plays 60. And he can actually control the game on his own the entire time, whereas that's not he's going to have way more of an impact than Matthews does most of the time, despite his goal-scoring ability. Well, 
any goalie can get hot, right? Anybody. So Austin Matthews comes to New York Rangers. The Rangers offense will improve. But there'll still be games where the Rangers aren't scoring just because that's life. Um, however, I'm very confident that if the New York Rangers have a worse goalie, they're definitely giving up more goals on a nightly basis too. So it's well, I was thinking about the this. Point, it's the point of it. Like this was this is what it would be like if, if we had a normal goalie. This is what this team would be like if Georgiev was playing. I, I believe Georgiev versus playoff teams now is 0-8 and one. Like, is that his fault? It's not great. No, pretty well, bad. It's again. It uh, last last Sunday is very hard because it, it's not that either side is more right. It's that. Demko played incredible in that first period. Georgiev led in two softies, and the combination of those two things, I truly believe, took all the air out of the Rangers' sails in the second period. And then all it took was one goal and a little roughhousing for the Rangers to wake up a little bit in the third. But at that point, it, it's too little too late, right? So it's, again, it, how we got down this road is you can't say it was necessarily all Georgiev's fault. Because then you're not giving Thatcher Demko the credit he rightfully deserves. At the same time, the reason why it's frustrating is I can't believe we're having these conversations about that goalie who has proven he can't do what the New York Rangers need him to do. And I'm happy I worded it that way because now I need to transition to the second point that frustrated me more than anything else in the world yesterday. And it's that the Rangers' third line, we need to be honest with it, the third line is actually Reeves, Goodrow, and Rooney and its sole purpose in this world is to be a solid checking defensive minded line and they can't play defense for shit and it's driving me insane Goodrow can I'm gonna give Goodrow, Goodrow some credit here but Reeves and Rooney cannot right now no they cannot it's Gallant, Gallant knows what he wants that line to do and in his mind they they're they're checking and they're pressing but every time those three forwards are out on the ice, it does not matter who the defensive pair is behind them. They are trapped in their own zone, and they can't clear the puck. And I have so many problems with the – Well, most of the time, down, by the way, it's not Adam Fox that's behind them. Just, just for reference. Most of the time. But even when it's Fox Ryan, they're still trapped. It doesn't matter. The defensive pairing does not matter. But you're absolutely right. Like, it's more often than not two children – back there named Zach Jones and Braden Schneider who are desperately playing defense to save their lives with Barclay Goodrow and the two other guys are just not able to help. However, while I have a problem with that line, I cannot believe that my eyes were not deceiving me when I saw that the New York Rangers who were struggling to produce offense after the second period decided to move Ryan Reeves up to play with Stroman Panarin. Now, it did produce offense. They did score two goals somehow when that did happen. I'm not going to give credit to Gallant for that one. Uh, I, I would rather scold him for what happens next because the Rangers do score two goals in this game of the Vancouver Canucks with five minutes remaining. And Strom puts, puts one in somehow after Lafreniere uh, flashes the goal you all wanted him to see to score all year long. It's all you've ever wanted from Lafreniere. I have so many people tweet at me. Why can't he score goals like this? Congratulations. He has that talent. We can move on. Strom puts it in. And with five minutes remaining, at, uh, this team, what really bothers me about it is that it gives me hope. And it lets me think to myself, even for a second, fuck, I've hated this entire game. Everything about this game has been frustrating. It's been miserable to watch. I haven't enjoyed really any of it uh, outside of maybe the first like five, six, six minutes. But I'm still watching. I don't know why. Here we are with this team. Then all of a sudden, with this five minutes remaining, McKeg, Rooney, Reeves, they're all out there. They're all out there with, like, wouldn't you be double shifting? How far-fetched is it? Tell me if I'm crazy for thinking this. How far-fetched is it if you're double shifting a Panarin, Mika, Strom? Like, you can re redo the lines here. You could run a, a top line of, of, of Artemi, Mika, Kreider. You're running out Fox. You could run a fourth forward Lafreniere with them. You could run the power play. The goalie's empty. Georgiev's getting pulled. How far-fetched is, is it to score two goals in the, in the fi final five minutes? And I know they're tired. I understand it's they played a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Penguins the day before that we haven't even discussed yet. But it's not that far-fetched to play your top skill guys and try and tie this up with five minutes left to go, is it? Am I the, am well, I the crazy one? I think no, first of all. But 
I, I think the problem that need that is being highlighted by this is we do need to admit that it was a grueling game they played against Pittsburgh. It was not just your run-of-the-mill Saturday matinee game, right? It was a playoff game, felt like a playoff game, was played like a playoff game, and it wore both teams down. I it, Totally fair takeaway from that game. These, got, these dudes are human. You can't say that they were playing at 100% on Sunday. I don't care how badass you think that is or isn't. It's just the fact of the matter. The problem that is highlighted by the New York Rangers being in that position is not that the coaches aren't leaning on the skills guy. Right. It's that half their lineup is you can't play late. I, I'm being hyperbolic, but when I say that, but like, be honest, Barclay Goodrow in that situation isn't even that ideal. And he's your best case scenario. No, Goodrow, Goodrow is a closer. He is a saves guy. When, yes. When, yeah. when the Rangers are up by one goal, I'll be he ain't honest. your pinch hitter, right? He ain't your bat off the bench. He's definitely not that guy. And the, the New York Rangers right now are running out their the their bats off the bench are dudes hitting 191 with a WRC plus of 74. That jokes for like that's not a joke. That's stats for maybe 20% of our audience, but pretty much <laughs> <laughs> but, but pretty much you're, you're you're correct in saying that. They're not ha- yeah. they don't have good hitters coming out. And in this yeah, case, they they don't even have Shane Spencer on the bench. There. That's you like for, that one? Is that one way, better? That's for like 3%. <laughs> okay. Jesus fucking Christ. Louis Lopez is who they're running out there. Am I getting the number lower? Yeah, I think so. so. Okay, fantastic. Ray Sanchez. I'll just keep going. Anyway, it the problem is you, you have your skills, guys. And we admit, so the day is fucking young that the New York Rangers have five players to play in six spots in the top six with Capococco out. Now, why they refuse to ever move Julian Gauthier up the lineup, a dude, again, hilarious. But I can't with the Gauthier stuff, man. I really I can't. Ryan, at some point, you do have to admit, while he can't finish, he is creating offense. He's their best penalty drawer. He draws penalties at an insane rate that is almost unbelievable. He, When he's on the ice, he creates offense. Now, it is a weird... <laughs> balancing act where what i'm saying is true and you know it's true i do know but then it's we true. also have to say that man can't finish i also that think man, like he does stink sometimes it's very frustrating. yeah yeah let's just say he will never have an illegitimate child in his life that's true let's just put that out there can't that man ain't finishing that's true he ain't pulling that trick but but when you're in a position where goal number one is create offense you can't look me in the eyes and say it has to be reeves over goche that that's it can't it, be that's that. That's antithetical. It can't be that. And and we're not – I want to make this so freaking clear. We are not complaining about Ryan Reeves. Just No, fucking love the guy. Love the that's guy. not his job. Love it's not guy. his job. His job, this is, is, his job is to light a fire under this team and get them playing in a different way. And But this is – Ryan, this is the Dryden Hunt Filipino conversation we have all the time. Oh, my God. I can't be angry that Dryden Hunt stinks in the top six. It's not his job. That's not what he was brought in to do. That's not the role he should Hunt be playing. Hunt has been rough, man, these past couple weeks. And I know that— He's not a top—am I, I breaking not, your mind by saying he's not a top six forward? No, That's not you're not breaking fault. anybody's mind by saying that. Literally yeah, nobody's. But this is this is the problem, right? We can say when the Rangers have this kind of back-to-back in a fucking tough part of their schedule that, yes, they should lean a little heavier on their top six. True. But they also need to be getting more out of their bottom six. And that's a problem when it's Greg McKegg, Kevin Rooney— Ryan Reeves, Barclay Goodrow, Morgan Barron playing his sixth NHL game, and fucking Julian Goche. It, it's just, it, you're asking too much. That's the problem. It's, it's not that, I, I can't really blame Gallant necessarily. I can blame him for a lot of shit. But I can't blame him for trying, for not wanting to run his top six into the fucking ground, even when he needs a goal. The problem is his other options are poop, shit, diarrhea, bloody poop and you missed the fucking toilet those are his other options <laughs> oh and, and greg mckeg of course is the fifth the sixth and then he missed the toilet well yeah goche missed the toilet greg <laughs> mckeg is just... this is greg mckeg it's self-explanatory greg, greg mckeg is the toilet that's the problem that's the problem greg if yeah, you're listening it, it, it... come on the show anyways so... yeah, great Right. Once upon a time, his dad used to follow us on Twitter. And I know. I think you heard us say shit I remember like this. that he unfollowed He's like, us. I'm not fucking that's listening. True. That's fucking true. idiots anymore. But that that's the problem, right, Ryan? It's, it's once again that the New York Rangers, when they are in that situation, 
Do I want to see Greg McKegg on the ice? No. Do I want to see Kevin Rooney on the ice? No. Fuck, do I want to see my boyfriend, my lover, my boo, Ryan Reeves on the ice? No. Here's our problem. What fucking choice do we have? Got none. Well, actually, none. let's have Make this a co- fucking trade. Now this conversation is definitely a uh, time to happen now. Phil Heedle has been sat for three straight games. In the first game, uh, we did talk about on BSBOT after the Washington win, which, by the way, kudos to the Washington win. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, it's very positive. Honestly, it's 30 minutes of straight positivity about the New York Rangers. You want to feel good? Go listen to that right now. Uh, On on the other hand, uh, Phil Heedle has been scratched three straight games. The first game was a quote-unquote sickness. The next two were healthy scratches. was Gallant thinks he's bad at hockey. Yes, tr- truly a hidden quote. Not so much. We called it out that day. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think it's bad at hockey, or is he, is he in a trade package? Because that's where I'm at right now. All right, Mickey. Um... Whoa, shout-outs to Mickey Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, one of my favorite Twitter accounts. Is I fucking love I love that I kid. Love, he is If you don't amazing. follow, I, I know he's going to eat this up, but I don't give a shit. Um, there's a, there's a guy, I think it's like Mickey eight Rangers and every single day he tweets like he's Vince's burner. Yeah. <laughs> like... I believe he is Vince's burner. Prove me he isn't. <laughs> I, that, that dude, every time he tweets something, I'm like this dude, the, the trade scenario, go find it. Maybe we'll retweet it tomorrow and get it going again. But the trade scenario where he's like, the Rangers are going to make six trades this, this Yeah, Mark Andre Fleur is going to be the back of the door. It's fucking great. Sure. It's like, oh my yeah. God, Mickey. Come on, bro. Talking about your sources. I fucking love um, it. I, I do think this does set a precedent, though, for, for Philip Heedle and the New York Rangers because this sets sets the bar of value for other GMs to say, wait a second, hold on. You had Greg McKegg as your 17th forward going into camp. And now, all of a sudden, Philip Heedle is 22 years old. You've scratched him three games in a row in favor of Greg McKegg. So you really don't value this former first-round Nah, I, I See, now I'm really going to push back on you on that one. Because that fails to recognize that the Boston Bruins, Carolina Hurricanes, and Florida Panthers have all seen value in Greg McKegg over the years. They have. You're right. And, and have actively made him part of their playoff push. So Every let's, year. let's not sit here and pretend that other teams are laughing at the fact that the Rangers are playing Greg McKegg. This is the National Hockey League. If the Rangers wanted to trade Greg McKegg, they'd get a draft pick back for him. I promise you. They probably would get a sixth. You were correct. Yeah, he would not clear waivers. You worry about Lieber Hayek clearing waivers? The McKegger, who cleared waivers earlier this year, ain't happening this time. I hate, the, that, I hate like, that you're probably right. And you yeah, probably I don't are. I'm fucking right. Yeah, what are you, you talking about? You probably are. But Phil Heedle, in this case, to me, the only reason you'd be sitting him for – I totally understand you sit somebody for a game. You and I have talked about this for a long time. I don't think people should react the way – they do when certain players get sat for one game. I don't think it's that only big a only deal. sport only sport in the Big Four where we all of a sudden feel like if you're not playing 82 games, you're broken. Yep, basketball players do it all the time. Baseball players do it constantly. Obviously, there's 162 games. Uh, it doesn't really happen mm-hmm. in the this NFL. year, motherfucker. That's true. It doesn't really happen in the NFL, but there's 16 games there, so it's a little bit different. You don't really get benched in that situation. But in hockey, if you miss one game, I don't really think it's that big a deal, especially if the coach wants to sit you down for a night. Or you're you're dealing with a nag injury. Don't play through it. Don't be a hockey guy. Heal yourself. It's a long season. It's very important. Three games in a row is, to me, is a red alarm. Red flag. DEFCON 5. Uh, Hmm. That's when I I sit to myself and say, they're protect. They have to be protecting him. No. Disagree. Disagree vehemently. You don't think they're protecting him for a trade at all and he'll be be playing on Wednesday? No. I I simply think Gerard Gallant can't trust Philip Heedle to do the things he wants Filipino to do every night. You're talking, okay, let's let's describe what those things are. Because those things to me, in, in what you're describing, is forecheck in, in a certain mm-hmm. way, check in a certain way, and defend in a certain way. An effort. The effort. I, I know it's a blanket word. I know. Where I, it could mean whatever the fuck you want. That's the problem. It does mean whatever the fuck you want. But I, I don't, I think Gerard Gallant looks, again, we had this conversation where and I, I, I still believe this to be true. And you know how I believe this to be true? Because the reason why you don't change a lineup from game to game, despite not goring, scoring a goal, is because you still feel one player is exceeding expectation and you don't want to bring in the player that has not exceeded your expectation this year. And we had the specific discussion about Dryden Hunt and Philip Heedle. Your expectations for Dryden Hunt before the season started on a scale to 0 to 100 was a 2. And he has played reasonably like a 55. I would say, right? Yeah, like a 40. Blue blue past your expectation, Mark. The fact that he's 
constantly in conversation for playing every night, something you didn't expect. If I told you before the season started that the over-under on games Dryden Hunt played as a New York Ranger was 28 and a half, you would have taken the I under. slammed it. Slammed yeah. the under. So he's blown past our expectations. Filipino, scale of 0 to 100. Probably expectations around a 73, right? You're not expecting him to be a world burner. You want him to be average. You really you want him in that C range. You want him to be part of the solution every night. Yeah, he, I wasn't in looking total, for Heedle what I was looking for for Kako this year. Yeah, but in total, Heedle definitely has not been above a 55 in his own right. Been a downer when he's out there most nights. Or isn't doing the things that Gerard Gallant on a nightly basis, requires that player to do. Now, here's the problem with that, right? Heedle underperforming is still likely better or equal to Dryden Hunt overperforming. But the problem here is that you and I have talked about is you can't reasonably expect Dryden Hunt to do more. So you're, you've reached a peak. Whereas with Philip Heedle, he can do more. He's proven he can do more. The Rangers need him to do more. And... It's, it's the mindset of NHL coaches where they can't look at the one player A whose ceiling is limited but has exceeded expectation. You can't take him out of the lineup and justify playing player B who is not living up to what you needed him to do this year, though not only has been playing equal to A, can play much better than A. But because he is underperforming, I can't put him in the lineup. How can I punish this player who hasn't done anything wrong in my eyes for a player who's done mostly wrong. And they, it's, this is, this goes back. Honestly, you know what this goes back to? Remember where um, you and I were talking about, should the Rangers trade for a veteran third pairing defenseman? Yep. And Nemeth, the floor is significantly higher than say Zach Jones's floor, but the ceiling is significantly lower than say Zach Jones's ceiling. Mm -hmm. And the New York Rangers, they just want, that's all they want. They don't want very. They don't want volatility. They want fucking boring in some parts of this roster. And you know what? Great teams have boring players because you can rely on boring players. You can count on boring players. You know exactly what they're gonna fucking do. They do it. That's it. Barclay Goodrow, boring fucking player, but that's a winning hockey player because you know what you're getting and you have that locked into your lineup. And now you build around it. You go get the other things you're missing because this one of these twelve boxes is checked. I don't have to think about it anymore. It's gone. It's out of my sight. Whatever. Life is great. Filipino, you can't check that box. You have no idea what the fuck you're getting on a nightly basis. Gallant thinks Dryden Hunt is checking a box. And he the thinks every there single is, night he's giving jam. He's going out there. He's yes. giving all he's got. No matter yep. what. I don't have to worry about if Dryden's going to have an off night or not. I know that he's going to he's going to he's going to all of his blood, sweat and tears are going on the ice for me no matter what I do. But to answer, to answer the question specifically that got us on this rant once again, do I think the Rangers are protecting Philip Heedle from a trade? No. I think it's as simple as Gerard Gallant does not trust him. That's it. I don't think it's much more complicated than that. I want to get he, a... said, he said it himself. Dryden Hunt didn't do anything wrong. How can I take him out of the lineup? Those are, those are Gallant's words. I want to get to a five-star question a little early here because I think this is important. It's from Will Heat 12. Not really a question, but you could you imagine the reaction if Quinn sat Heedle for McKeg three games in a row? Dude, I get it's not. I, I, <laughs> I, I it, it's tough, right? Because McKeg and to a certain extent, our, our, our boy Rooney, my, my guy, those are the guys that stand out to you, right? Those are the guys you think those have been the two scapegoats of recent and have been not so great hockey players for a few weeks now. Yes, here's the here's the problem. Um, with saying it's that simple because it, it, it just it just isn't. The problem isn't that McKeg keeps playing. The problem is that the reason McKeg keeps playing is because Gallant trusts him with responsibility that he doesn't trust with other players. He's a penalty killer. You can't take a penalty killer out of your lineup in Gallant's eyes unless you're putting one back in. Philip Hedl ain't that guy. He's you're not going to bring Philip Hedl in and then expect him to play on your second penalty kill unit. Greg McKegg, in Gallant's eyes, serves a specific role that players he isn't thinking about putting in his lineup can bring to his lineup. When the, I got – Ryan, sit down. I got news for you. I'm sitting. If the Rangers ever trade for Phil Kessel, it's Dryden Hunt's spot. It's not McKegg's. McKegg's is a staple in this lineup right now. 
He's not going anywhere. Gallant trusts him to kill penalties. They're going to get lucky in too, then, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> we need a defensive uh, PK guy. There has yep. to be two trades. I, I think it's going to be coming for a few weeks now, but we're still somehow three weeks away from the trade deadline, everyone, so stay tuned for well, that. Well, I'm going to push back again, Ryan. Does it have to be two trades? You can look me in the eyes and tell me the New York Rangers feel that Greg McCagg isn't doing the thing they want him to do? No, I would say... They would tell you that they look look at their record, look at what the team has done, and that this is what the pieces they've had here. So I can't look speak at, for Chris. Look Drew. at how the guys in the lineup feel about Greg McKeg. They right? it, they probably isn't love that him. catch line floating around out there now. Sure, this is how they feel about him. Mm-hmm. Great. I, I think I I don't think they see McKeg as a problem. I'm all I, here for emotional chemistry, eye test mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Uh, team chemistry. I think it's underrated in a lot of sports. I think players and and uh, as fans don't recognize how important this is a lot of the time. But it's also the coach's job to build that chemistry, in my opinion. It's his job to lead, and it's his job to create bonds within the, within their team. And I think Gallant does that to some extent, especially within protecting his players. But you, Drury can't look at this and go, you know what, I've got Igor Shosturkin, who is and it's blasphemy to say but like the second coming legitimately and if he can continue this run he's on right now he's legit he's a heart candidate he'll he'll probably finish in the top three of the heart as a goalie very hard to do Igor is carrying this team I can't imagine he's like you know who I really like playing in front of him on the penalty kill in the playoffs Greg McKegg I'm so interested in that like, they're, they have $32 million in cap space, Greg. 32. Uh-huh. They have to. There, there has to be more than one trade. It can't just be one. Yeah, I got to tell you, Ryan, uh, you're saying all these things as, like, uh, there's no way management can look at X and react with Y. I'm a fan of a team that signed James McCann to a four-year deal. I can see, and they have Jacob deGrom. I can see anything is possible. <sighs> Life is brilliant. When you look like through that. those lenses, I can see why you can think the way you want. Yeah, no, I am a pessimistic, bitter old fuck. And I got to tell you, you're telling me the guy, uh, you know what? I don't even want to bring it up. They're playing him later this week. He's going to score twice. He's going to get his 100 goals. But you're telling me. It's a fucking lie, I, by the way. <laughs> I, can't look, I can't look at a guy who made that deal and think, well, there's no way he does it again. I, Fuck you! He I, can do it again. I haven't hold brought my up, fucking beer. I haven't brought up uh, Mr. PB's name in a, in a while, and uh, I try not to bring <laughs> it up. Butter. You know what? We should just call him Mr. Peanut Butter. Mr. Peanut Butter. Um, I haven't brought him up for. St. Louis Blues player. What do they know? Do they know anything? Let's find out. <laughs> I haven't brought up Peanut Butter in a while, and the reason I haven't brought up Peanut Butter is because just every week somebody, uh, some stats account is like, "Can you believe the Rangers traded this guy?" Like, yeah. No, no, fuck you. It's not some stats account. It's fucking evolving wild. <laughs> they do it every it's, goddamn it's time. It's more than evolving wild now too. It's also Jay Fresh. Who it's Jay I Fresh think as well. Evolving it, wild. It's numbers. also that prospect guy that develops. Uh, it's everybody. They're just like I don't think we. T- I, at some point, shut the fuck up. I don't think we talk enough about it. It's all people talk about. It's all we talk it's about. Personalities I, for people. I, promise yeah it's a whole twitter account <laughs> jesus christ i promise and pb will definitely you said it already but this was gonna be oh no he's, he's banking too baby it's a Forget lock it. Woo! Forget it. it's a lock yeah he's coming over just gonna bang him home good for pb uh but yeah i guess you're right could could drury mess it up again i i i really think this this dead this deadline is gonna make Really, not make me my final feelings on Chris Drury. Obviously, my feelings will evolve as we cover Chris Drury over the years as we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the first impression of Chris Drury was overall negative, and for a lot of reasons. And we don't have to get into them. You you already know them. You've listened to this podcast before. This trade deadline will kind of put the signature touch on how you think Chris Drury is going to run this team moving forward. And I and I say well, that because he's got all the assets right now to make the moves, and he has the talent on the team. And I, I hate to say it, like, could this team win a cup? Like, with Igor, I don't – I think anything's possible. I really do. And I know well, people will be like, hey, hold on just one second, Greg. Sorry. I know I know well, people – I hope oh, – fuck you. I know people <laughs> will say, hey, well, Henrik Lundqvist never got there. Fuck you, man. Henrik Lundqvist got so close multiple times. He's a Matt Zuccarello head injury away from winning a cup. He's a Ryan McDonough foot injury away from winning a cup. 
He's he's very Don't fucking say the third thing. I think I know what the third thing is going to be and it's just going to make me angry. And and with those three things in mind, fuck you. I, I didn't even say it. I know what you're thinking though and it <laughs> fucking pisses me off. If any of those things happen, like Hank probably wins the cup. Sometimes that sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Igor has the same same potential. And if you have that chance, you have to take it, which is why. And you were first on this. You say cite my sources, Greg. I'm citing them. You were first on this. You have to go all in this year when you have this kind of this, this kind of talent. I'm not telling you to trade Kapokako. I'm not trading, telling you to trade Lafreniere. But you can do a lot to improve this team with, with a little. There are players out there. It's your job to find them. Find the hidden value. Find the players you can get on, uh, on expiring contracts. Find the RFAs you can get for cheap. Go out there, make the two or three moves, and get this team ready for the playoffs. Because right now they're struggling at five v five, and it's 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 almost a crime to not do something when you have Igor Shosturkin and Adam Fox sitting right there. Let me let me give you another reason why the New York Rangers need to do something big and splashy at this year's deadline. You you mentioned uh, this trade deadline in your eyes might not necessarily close the book on your opinions of Chris Drury, but it'll at least be the first four of seven Harry Potter books in your eyes where yeah. you, you have enough evidence now to know if the series is good or if you're out on the series entirely. Um, after this trade deadline, Chris Drury's job is going to get really fucking boring. All the questions, he'll have one question to answer every year henceforth. What am I doing with one of my center spots? That's it. He's locked in everywhere else and he has no money to do anything else. This is his last chance to actually be creative and show what the fuck he can do. After this, it's, do I sign Strom? If not, what pieces am I trading for a one or two year center rental? And then after that, it's, all right, am I signing this guy? No. What pieces am I trading for another one or two year center rental? And then after that, it's, all right, I guess I finally have to make a decision on Chris Kreider or Jacob Truba, but that's four years down the road from now. He doesn't have to do shit after this trade deadline. He's got one decision to make. Next summer, my keeping Ryan Strom. Yes, done. No, okay. I now have to replace Ryan Strom. That's the only decision he's got to make. This is his one chance to show us Ranger fans where he has all the money in the world, all the assets in the world, all the prospects in the world, all the draft capital in the world to do whatever the fuck he wants. Put up a shut up, big guy. Show me what you can do. Show me your vision of what a successful NHL trade looks like when you're getting that kind of performance from your number one goalie. You're getting this kind of step of performance from your former number one overall pick. You have your quote unquote internal trade deadline acquisition in Capocaco getting healthy. You have Artemi Panarin. You have Mika Zibanejad. You have 30 plus goal scoring Chris Kreider. You have Adam Fox who won a fucking Norse. You have his best friend in Ryan Lindgren. You have the brothers Miller and Truba who fucking love each other and are becoming the third best bromance on this entire team. You have, Seven young defensemen ready to go on your bottom pairing. You have one guy you hope is the veteran piece if he stops having kids and gets healthy. Like, show me what you got. This is your one chance to wow my socks. Because this summer, you're either going to let Strom walk and trade for a center, or you're signing Strom, and then our summer is going to go back to fucking Pokemon and 1997 New York Ranger videos. Like, that's it. Like, we, we're not going to have shit to do this summer because next summer isn't the summer of anything's possible. Next summer is there's one thing possible, and I'm curious how the Rangers answer it. He doesn't have to do shit. Do th- this is his one chance. His one chance to get creative. He can be Picasso right now, and he's just I I want to know. I want to know what he's got. Me too, especially because he's someone that doesn't talk ever. Uh, other GMs at least come out and say things to the media. They give quotes to outlets. I what's the last quote you've heard from Chris Drury? Uh, I can't even remember the last time I heard him talk. I think he was happy about winning the 1989 Little League World Series. <laughs> I think that was it. Yeah, that was the one. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you in all this point. So you want to get to some five-star questions before we uh, we succeed this this session? Succeed this session? Succeed? Damn it. I we're, we're, we're leaving. <laughs> we're leaving this session. <laughs> we are breaking up this union. I'm an idiot. We're starting. Yeah, yeah, no fucking shit there, buddy. Oh, you had boy. so many words. You could have just said leave. Yeah, leave, leave. I was, I was actually uh, looking at that Kako. Uh, never mind the Kako wrist picture. It's, it's quite funny. Anyway. Oh man, I'm so happy. Our friend, so our, our buddy, mutual friend Ryman, 
his normal seats are on the right by um, the bar stools where they're all the guys and he, away. Yeah. he just he was texting me he's like bro Kako's just sitting all by himself <laughs> i was like <laughs> like this is the most cockle thing ever and he's like yeah i think people are just walking in there and taking pictures with him and i was like this is still the most cockle thing in the world and he's like and now security is yelling at Kako. and i was like you've done it you've sealed the fate no more Kako can possibly happen tonight i yeah it's so fun well he does have a wrist brace on important to note we did talk about that um a couple weeks back that we believed it was a wrist injury can't mm-hmm. confirm but he is wearing a wrist brace so there you go um let's answer some five-star questions some of them are fun and some of them uh we we answered one already but uh this is from dan from li just throwing this out there but should the rangers try and go get flurry as a black uh, a, a backup no no i mean if he's free but also no no uh with nashville seemingly making four uh fours available this week this is from a uh, tse one two three one by the way with making fours available this week are there any bubble teams or any players on bubble teams we could get realistically I know until now you've kept the kept away from those teams. I mean, Pavelski is the name we always talk about, but it seems like yeah. I just I, I think that I just think the ship is sailed. They're going to resign think, him or something. There's well, a couple of Dallas just, stars I, I like, think, but I think I think the real problem is they're just going to hang around for too long, right? That they're, they're going to it's the same thing with the Canucks. Like the Canucks are going to linger in this playoff race for a long enough time, where you're not going to really be able to make a move. I think. There are some interesting names in Columbus, but I don't know how motivated Columbus is to guarantee that they won't keep line A. Um, I like Max Domi. I don't know. I, I like, just don't know how motivated Columbus is to do anything. He'd be very fun. They wouldn't let him do anything fun though. So never mind. It's MSG. No. And then you look at the West. The problem with the West is like, is Winnipeg going to make all their big decisions in the off season? Like does Andrew Kopp really excite anyone or, I mean, San Jose just keeps falling further and further. That's all I'm going to say. The hurdle thing is that one would be very special. I, I've, co- I've come back to the hurdle. I've, I've felt like it wasn't going to happen for a long time. I still feel like they're trying to work on an extension, et cetera. But now the more I feel about it, I, if you if you could have one rental player that's on like these TSN trade bait, bait lists, would it be hurdle? Just just one, one run. That's it. Um, From... In terms of guy, I think will actually get traded. Um, hey, that could also want, be a big them. impact. Would it be Pavelski? Who's the guy you'd want the most if you could just wave a magic wand? I, I mean, it really, much. Pavelski just answers every question. He does for the New York Rangers. So you could play him down the middle. You could play him on the wing. He's done it. He's a high level player on both sides of the ice. Like you name it, he's done it. Right? He is just the literal wet dream of what the New York Rangers need, and he brings that experience and leadership yeah, and yeah, blah blah hockey men yeah. bullshit yep. like they they literally broke the mold with joe pavelski but i i can't trust i can't trust the stars to actually trade him at this point nor do i think he actually wants to leave this is from bretley this is a fun question i love and believe in kako still just like everybody else but if you were sent back in that time and the rangers didn't win the lottery how close would, would the decision be in your mind between taking him over zagris uh, they wouldn't have ever, 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 ever taken Zagreus over Kabokako. It would have been a crime. It would have They would have gotten fired on the spot. Zagreus mm-hmm. was a guy they definitely liked. He's a New York kid. I do not need to tell you that. Uh, he probably, maybe they would have taken him before the, the Ducks would. I believe they would have picked before nine when he was taken. Uh, so we can look back at that. But that's just one of those what ifs that we'll, we'll never know. But he'll be a New York Ranger in a couple of years, like, I don't know, seven years. So you'll really enjoy it when he's here, when he forces his way out, out of Anaheim to New York. So we'll get there eventually. Don't worry. Here's here's my thing. Every time I hear someone being like, man, imagine the Rangers didn't win the lottery, take these two obvious picks and they could have gotten X, Y and Z. You're telling me the team who you're fucking pissed off that they took Leah Anderson and Vitaly Kraftsoff would have just gotten it right if they didn't win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, that's that's what you're telling me. You're you're telling me the team who you're angry about couldn't get it right the two years before you won the lottery that it would have been different and they would have gotten it right the second time. Come on, good point, guys. Greg. What are you doing? Good point, Greg. Uh, this is from Vinny Hay. If the rumor out there is true that Arizona has offered two multiple teams Kessel half retained for a third round pick. Shouldn't the Rangers be over this Im- immediately? Phil is an obvious answer at a reasonable price, and the sooner he's here, the more time he needs to gel before the playoffs. Why? Why haven't they done this? 
I, they, I don't know. It's, it has to be clear that they don't like him. It has right? to be. Like it, it, it can't it be, be another reason. too in the NHL. They must know something about Phil that we don't because it doesn't make sense that they haven't just done that. Yeah, I don't. But also, like, maybe maybe the Rangers are saying, like, listen, fuck off. We'll just take the entire contract. And the Coyotes are like, no, nah, we actually – we'd prefer the better pick. And the Rangers are like, cool, come to me when you can't get that. I'm going to take the full contract and here's a fifth-round pick. I get, like – if you want to be an optimist, maybe that's it, where the Rangers are saying, nope, don't eat anything. Uh, here's a fifth, and we'll take them. And the Coyotes are like, well, that's not great. I don't want to, really want to do that right now, but maybe I'll do it later. And the Rangers are just waiting. It's possible. I know it's going to all come down to the last, like, two days. I, yeah, I, I'm hoping, a fucking hockey league. I'm hoping. But they're, they're not going to do their homework early. Yeah, why? Not, no time now. Uh, this is from David. Assuming Strom walks, what would the asset, quote-unquote, asset cost be for getting a cap floor team like Arizona or Seattle uh, to eat on a cadre deal? Assuming he gets like 8 to $8.5 million for five years. Oh, my God. Are you asking for a sign-in trade in the National Hockey League? Yeah. You, first of all, you're asking for something fun and creative in the NHL. But there's also – there's no way – There's no way Arizona. The Coyotes can't sign cadre for you. Like – I'm pretty sure you could do sign and trades with teams. I don't think you could sign a player and then immediately eat the contract. Let me put it that way. I, I think there's a rule in the CBA where that's not allowed. Yeah, I don't think that is allowed. And you, just to answer your question, what the asset cost would be, it would be Kako and like two firsts at least. Well, at least be Othman and two firsts. Something like that. But also, I don't know. Like, Kadri's going to get paid. Why does Kadri care if the Coyotes need to eat half of that money to go play? There's no way he loves New York that much. You know what? If he loves New York that much, it's the NHL. They're all fucking dumb. He'd just sign here for $4.5 million. Yeah, that would be it. I don't think he's going to do that. But also, he ain't, baby, he ain't coming. He ain't coming. He's going to get paid. Good for him. Uh, that's really it for – oh, this is from Paranoid Android. I guess I'll answer this question. Has Gerard Gallant lost his damn mind? No. I no, I don't think he had one. No, I, no, I think he has one. And I, I think this is the, the one we, we all knew was coming. It's fine. He's been, ah, he's been a great coach this year. Counterpoint. You know what, Ryan? Good note to end on here. Counter-fucking-point. Sure. Did we all know this was coming? Because I was told by a lot of people that David Quinn was the singular problem with the New York Rangers. And there has been a lot of similarities in decisions, Kinda, in lineup decisions. In personnel usage, even. I will say he has not blended the lines like David Quinn. That has not happened. It, yes. it. There are, again... There are things Gallant does incredibly well. It seems like NHL players love it if you never fucking talk to him, which is the exact opposite of what Quinn was doing. Strom saying, like, Gallant said all of three words to him this year, and he's just a pig in shit. Great. Apparently, that's what hockey players need, to be left the fuck alone. Lesson learned. Doesn't make sense to it me. It seems okay. he's, he's allowed chemistry to develop between certain guys on this team, and it's clearly benefited, right? And he's understood in some instances, if it ain't broke, don't fix it which you can appreciate. But what we were trying to warn people about is that he is still a hockey dude, which means he's going to do stupid shit and it's going to piss you off on a level that makes you think he shouldn't be the coach like it was with David Quinn. You traded some complaints about line blending, player usage, and Lieber Hayek for a guy who has... Player usage, no line blending, and Lieber Hayek. It's essentially similar complaints, but Igor is really good this year. And that's that, baby. It's There's been a culture change. I do want to give him credit for, for that. And I think Ryan Reeves is a big part of that as well. I think I yeah. look at Ryan Reeves as the talking part of Gallant's coaching tree. Gallant does some coaching, and Ryan Reeves sends the messages. That's how I see it. He said they both set the culture in a different way. The culture is set. The Rangers have clearly have each other's backs. It's a totally different team than last year. Mm -hmm. uh, and eh. you don't think so? Totally different how? I think in the fact, like, you look back to those Islanders and those Washington Capital games where they got the crap beat out of them, right? And even when Brandon Smith was getting asked, like, do you think this is a tough team? And a lot of the ways they reacted on the ice and fought for each other really wasn't there as much nearly as much as it is this year it seems All like right. the, the, i'll give you that i'll give you that the chemistry is is here this year where it wasn't there last year i i will i will go back to you and give you credit for this 
it probably is. If Igor Shosturkin wasn't who he is right now, this team would be having a lot more of those issues that we saw last year. Those those would those would reel their ugly heads, no matter what happened. But because also, I do you you do have to wonder a little bit sometimes about the Rangers culture issue. Was it a culture issue or was it a collection of guys who got off to a really bad start in a COVID restricted season playing only seven teams and some people were just miserable playing hockey last year because I got to tell you, not fun playing in empty arenas, not fun trying to follow every single COVID-19 protocol. Those guys had to follow life sucked last year for a lot of players in the national hockey league. I think Connor Hellebuck is a guy who comes out and says like, shit, man, I'm just drained from the last two years. Like this has weighed on me mentally in a way that no human being could ever prepare for. Kako so, doesn't speak. And he came out and was like, yeah, I got locked in a hotel room for two days. And all I had was like three chicken nuggets. Yeah. It, it last year sucked. So I don't know. It, it was it just, I'm sure. Yes. Gallant is a clear players manager at the same time. That fucking idiot is telling me Greg McKegg is very important. Sorry, fucking idiot's a little That's extreme. very rude. Uh, the French version of fucking idiot is telling me that that guy... <laughs> I'm sorry. I Listen, I, I shit on managers. It's what I do. But still, Gerard Gallant, hockey guy. You know how I know he's a hockey guy? Greg McKegg, right? Ryan Reeves getting moved up when you need offense. Some, I, you and I, I don't know if anything, anything... We, we, we've had a lot of things confuse us on this podcast surrounding the New York Rangers, but there will just be nothing more confusing than Gerard Gallant, the most stereotypical hockey guy in the world, for some reason not enjoying Morgan Barron. It doesn't make any sense. I could do 26 minutes on this and I won't, but it just doesn't. He's, he's incredible. He's the prototypical hockey guy, period. End of story. Everything about him. Everything. Late round draft pick. The flow. Worked for the everything jaw. he had. Everything. Big dude. Yep. Good on faceoffs. Defensively responsible. Hard not a net negative offensively. Yep. Wants to be. Puts him. himself in puts himself in the dirty play, places not on the privileged. ice. Not, not afraid to get in the corners. Plays with jam. Has that grit to his game. Plays on an edge. Does everything you want him to do. Like, imagine Brendan Lemieux with a brain. And you get Morgan Barron. And that's usually enough for NHL head coaches. But for whatever reason, he's like, nah, not for me. <laughs> okay, we're going to end there. We'll be back uh, with PSBOT this week. Greg will be traveling a little bit. I'll be traveling the following week, but we will have episodes. Um, so stay tuned. It'll probably be uh, Thursday or something like that. So love you guys. We'll see you then. Bye. And I want to take this time at the end of the podcast to do as I always do, which is thank our Insiders Club, our NHL Offer Sheet Club, our no goals against club, our shutout, our Igor Shesterkin club. You get it. All right. Uh, without further ado, Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensburg, Austin Beetleman, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggis Malone, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Broadway Blue Shirt, Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stillwagon, D- Daniel, De- uh, Daniel Dezen, David Aaron, and David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Darian. Welcome back, Darian. Eric says I miss Kako and Heedle. I do miss both those players, Eric. Eric Stagg, Gib Gardner, Cup, Gretzky, Gareth McFly, Handel, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hop Horror 89, Ian Rodriguez, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry and Marquez, JD, Jimmy Max, John Hardesty, Jordan, Justin Friedman, Justin Starr, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazek, Gronkowski, Luigi or Donna, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, Max Nielsen, Mike Bucklaw, Neil Grover, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kocherev, Randy Tesser, and of course, the next page of this list, Stephen Lomair, Stig Bubak from also. Uh, Swigard, the drop B- BK, Thomas Welsh, Tommy Sinclair, uh, Tom Erschuder, the legend, Tommy O'Neill, Tory Furman had an upstate Van Vinnie Bronco, Vinny Hay, Will Spectre, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Minute and 12 seconds. I wonder if I should speed run that next week. I might try and do that. What do you think I, I can do? 36 seconds? That's too soon. I just, I would butcher everyone's name. Maybe we'll do like a 50 seconder. That'll be fun. Anyway, I thought we were a little harsh on Gallant this week. Uh, rightfully so on some parts. That's totally fine. But coaching in general for the New York Rangers has been, this year, a, a good thing. The New York Rangers in general have been a good team. And every single team runs into these road bumps. And one thing I want to mention uh, that I think is super important. It's okay to be tired. The Rangers are going to be swamped by the time they get to their the, their playoffs. They have 31 games in 60 days or some crazy stat. And... 
I think it's important to remember that every NHL team loses to some other NHL team pretty badly in some embarrassing style uh, multiple times a year. Now, this Ranger team has blessed us. It really has because it's been super consistent the entire year. I always feel like they're going to fight back. I always feel like somehow they're going to put themselves in a game no matter what happens. But, I mean, the Arizona Coyotes, who are tremendously terrible for a very long time, find a way to blow out good teams here and there. And, of course, those are nights we would freak out, and I'm sure those fan braces freak out, but that stuff does happen. The Rangers were tired in this Vancouver Canucks game. They clearly lost their legs as soon as they let up that third goal, and then that was it. That was that. So I don't want to get into overreaction theater just yet with the Rangers, a team I believe is going to make the playoffs, a team that this trade deadline, well, I mean, they have a 99% chance to make the playoffs. Come on. Please don't let them come back to haunt me. Uh, this trade deadline will define them moving forward in a team that has just been tremendous amounts of fun for most of the year, uh, despite making it extremely frustrating and never making it look easy. Um, let's not re- let's not freak out. Let's not overreact, but also realize that we can criticize and we can have some analysis on what's going on within the team, what are the decisions being made, and why they bother us. And that's not being negative. That's just loving and caring about your squad. And that's it. We'll be back next week. Love you guys. Or we'll be back on BSBOT if you see you there. But if not, which some of you will not, we'll see you there. We'll see you next week on Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm really good at the English language, and I can speak clearly and succinctly all the time. Love you. Bye.